The following podcast has been recorded live for your audio pleasure. It is rated M for Mexican. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Mexi, the Mind That Matters. I am your host, with the most, the Mexican, right here in Quarantine City, Columbus, Ohio, coming to you live, once again, on the road as an essential employee. Yes, I don't understand why everyone just thinks that they could do whatever the fuck they want. I want to be imposed a self-quarantine. Great. Then we'll let you go and you can file for unemployment. That's how that works. And it baffles me that I have to spend weeks discussing this because it's not just in the workforce. It's also the customers of the clientele that we as essential employees have. I'm going to just go ahead and take the time on this show to kind of illustrate some instances where it's just ridiculous the amount of nonsense that I have to put up with. We won't use real names, and obviously we can't divulge the actual client names, but you'll see what I mean. But before we get into it, let's remind everybody that even though we're in quarantine, all sponsors are still there for us. Super Studios 256, sign up for virtual classes, log in for your workouts, use promo code MEXI, save on your discount. Super Studios 253, a proud sponsor of the Mexi by Matters podcast, as is Hand and Stone Massage. Mexi likes to go to the one in Polaris. Hopefully my massage on the 24th of April is still on. I don't know. I might not even need it at this point because I don't have any races to go to. We'll get into that too. But if you use the promo code Mexi, you can save on your membership and your first Swedish massage. And each month of your membership, Hand and Stone Massage will donate a free massage to an essential employee. That's actually pretty good. Hannah Stone Massage, a proud sponsor of the Medicine My Miners podcast. And, of course, if you're out and about and you're an essential employee, yes, there's less cars on the road, but accidents still happen. American National, bundle, do your UM, UIM, liability, make sure you have collision coverage. We'll go into details as to what those mean. But if with the promo code Mexi, you can save. Give my man very more a call. Mexi just had his. My umbrella policy just went down. I saved 60 bucks on my next premium. How? Why? Because I'm an essential employee and a good driver. American National, another proud sponsor of the Mexi My Matters podcast. Before we get into it, announcements. Yes, announcements. Now, apparently, the governor of Ohio has announced that if you have a liquor license, your restaurant can serve alcohol up until two drinks for carryout. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure 
as long as the container is closed, you can have alcohol in your vehicle. Number one. Number two, I'm uh, pretty sure that was already a thing you, they could do because they're not serving you in a glass that could go outside. So I, I really don't understand this difference in this new, new law that passed. And I kind of think it's promoting drinking and driving because you literally have to go get the alcohol and then you only allow two cups. Yeah, no. Way to promote DUIs, Governor DeWine. Where's my, hey, we'll allow the barbers and the hairstylists to be open per appointment only one a day. That, maybe, because back to announcements number two, I had to pay someone $200 to get my hair cut. $200. I announced it at 50 because normally my hairstylist charges 30 with tip. That didn't go. Then I bumped it up to 100 That still didn't go. Then I bumped it up to 200 Which just proves two things. One, desperation is a stinky cologne. Because I would not pay $200 again for the same bitch who cut my hair. Two, everybody's got a price. I literally went to the chick's house. Her boyfriend was there. They had me in the living room. She had one of those things, you know, the little cloak that goes around you. And I'm like, no, you're not using your stupid clippers. You're using these shavers right here. Bam. She'd never used shavers before. It's not rocket science. Just go around it. And yet she still somehow managed to mess it up a little bit on the blend. Now, of course, once it's short, I can just fix the blend myself. No big deal. Which I did at home. But again, she was like, yeah, let me know if you want another one after a month or whatever. Uh, no, I'm hoping a month from now where this gets long that my that the hairstylist will actually be open and that people will actually come to their senses and have barbers and hairstylists somewhat open. But yeah, and announcement number three. As I've said before, I don't know why everybody's coming to me with this with th- these reproaches. Bernie Sanders yesterday just announced that he's dropping out of the race. Basically conceding the nomination to Biden. And, I, and I've announced it. I said this from day one. If Pete is not the nominee, my backup is Bernie. If Bernie and Pete are not the nominee, my backup is Trump. Why? Because I already voted for the man once. I'm going to have the double I know that the idiot I don't. One. Two. My last four years were not bad. If anything, they were pretty good. So I don't understand how you think four more years of this moron is going to impact me so negatively that I'm not going to want to vote for him. And as I've mentioned before, I will take a racist asshole versus a complete idiotic moron. And everybody's coming at me like, well, Trump's also idiotic. He's an idiot. He tried a nuke a hurricane. Agreed, but nobody is saying Trump doesn't have his moments. Nobody is saying Trump is a smart guy. But here's where I am valuing, making the evaluation of Trump is more is less of a moron than Biden. Why? Let's just assume Biden's son was doing some heinous acts. You expect me to believe that he didn't? We didn't know about it. He didn't know about it as his dad. 
two, he literally confused his wife with his sister. And everybody's defending him like, oh, well, he was holding each, each of their hands. He didn't know which side they were on. Really? You don't know which side they're on? You can't tell your wife's hand from your sister's hand? Get the fuck out of here. And three, how many times have we laughed at Obama means making fun of Biden being an idiot? When Obama was president. During that same time frame, how many memes were up of how much of an idiot Trump was? Not as many. Now, conveniently, that Trump's president, oh, all the idiotic memes of Trump, they're out there. They're, they're there for Biden. But again, we like to focus on the really negative people. I like how Trump was accused of rape, and that was all over the news. Biden, apparently, and this just in, has been accused by eight different women of raping them. Nobody in the media has even batted an eye. I had to do some digging to, to figure this out. I, I thought it was fake news. No. Yeah, look it up. Oh, how come we're not hearing that in the news? Oh, yeah, because we, the DNC wants them to be, wants good old Biden to be the nominee. And I'm going to count this as my announcement 3B. People come at me with, how, how what have you had to, had to vote for Biden? I'm not disputing that there's no way I'm not uh, I'm going to be able to vote for Biden. There's ways that you could get me to vote for Biden. And as I've illustrated before, everybody's got a price. So, top 10, 11 ways in my head, off the top of my head, one, somebody pays me 10 grand. Just a random person, a commoner, one of you guys, anybody, someone like you and me, just gives me 10 grand, buys my vote. Done. Biden himself gives me a million dollars. Done. The Rock personally comes here and asks me to vote for Biden and apologizes for stiffing me at the wedding. Then I'll vote for Biden. A charity is formed by everybody on social media and everybody donates. Name of the charity. Get Mexi to vote for Biden. Money goes to me. You raise a million. Done. Biden says, hey, you know what? Vote for me. I'll pay for your law school and I'll get you in. Done. Biden nominates Pete as his VP. Done. I vote for Biden. Biden nominates Obama as his VP. Done. Vote for Biden. Biden nominates The Rock as his VP. Boom. Bam, bam, bam. Bada bing, bada boom. We vote for Biden. There's many ways to get me to vote for Biden. Biden says, hey, you know what? In exchange for your vote, Mexi, I'm going to kill five celebrities that you hate of your choosing. Oh, done. I will vote for you immediately. Like I said, many ways the list could keep growing. Many ways, if you want, if you want to propose an idea as to how you're going to get me to vote for Biden, by all means, send us a text, send us a tweet, send us a message. On today's podcast and let me know you let me know how you think i'm gonna i can vote for biden but until you do as i said i'm voting for trump as i mentioned before and everybody again coming at me with well you have twisted political views if you like pete then bernie then trump first first and foremost my voting is simply on i like to vote for winners people who i know are winners pete 
seemed like a winner. I like his ideas. Great. Excellent talker. The moment he endorsed Biden, even though he was shitting on Biden all over the debate stage, no, sorry. Lost respect for you, Pete. Next. Bernie, same thing. Bernie was fine. He was up against Biden. They didn't even agree on some things. Oh, but now he's endorsing Biden because, oh, the evil Trump must go down. No. Bernie, you lose two elections in a row. I, I am voting for you a third time. And here's the thing. My wife had me do some weird quiz where you would answer yes or no questions just like the political uh, nominees and see who you matched up against, who was the candidate you were most closest to. From the DNC, of course. They didn't have Republicans on there. But I would assume that if they didn't view it a certain way, answering the, the contrary would mean that you're a Republican or a conservative on the matter. So I took the test, and I had the same amount of yeses as every other candidate. So it was like a five, six-way tie. And I had a bunch of no's, as many as my yeses, which means that I'm also somewhat Republican. I don't identify myself as Republican or, or Democrat. All about I, my political views, Mexican, right there in the middle. If you can talk the talk, walk the walk, and you got some decent views, that's all I need to get my vote. Done. But anyways, enough of the announcements. Back to what we were going to discuss. The nonsense that I have to do, deal with, with customers and in the workforce. Let me just give you an example of something that I had to deal with with a client. Now, we'll call this client Dan. Dan, this past summer, while working at, for a company as a truck driver, he is in a semi-truck, and he's in West Virginia. Good old West Virginia, Blue Ridge Mountains coming up the freeway. He decides, hey... There's this guy on the other side of the freeway. His tire blows. Now, the other guy's in the pickup, of course. Tire blows. And he comes at me head on. First things first, how did you not take evasive action? If you're in a semi and he's coming the opposite way. But we'll, we'll, we'll skip that portion. What I also don't get is you, in the bigger vehicle, somehow have more treatment than the guy in the pickup. Now, of course, because you're on the job, you're entitled, and the company you work for is out of Ohio, Grove City, Ohio, for that matter, you're entitled to work, workman's compensation. Now, as I've mentioned before, you want to make sure you're protected and have higher limits when these things happen. Now, first things first, good old Dan has progressive. Now, of course, he never told Progressive that he uses a work truck quite often and works as a truck driver. So even if he had high limits on his Progressive policy for, you know, underinsured motorists or medical payments, they can't cover you if you're using a work vehicle. So that's the first problem. Second is the pickup truck only has liability only $25.50. That's $25,000 per person. Now... As of the date of this podcast, poor old Dan is still going to the hospital. 
he still has issues. He's been unemployed or unable to work this whole time. Of course, all his bills have been paid by the BWC, the Bureau of Workers' Compensation. And he's also been compensated for his lost wages. So, upon finding out that there's only 25000 we can get, we asked for the lien. We said, you know what? What's the lien on what workers' compensation is going to want us to pay him back? The lien was $54,000, of which $28,000 have gone towards his lost wages. So this man, Dan, has already received $28,000 in compensation for his lost wages while having all his medical bills paid. So when we come at him with, hey, for the personal injury side of it, there's only 25000 to go around, you take our fee... And then we called the work workers' comp subrogation unit and said, hey, we're not making them whole. How much would you accept to you know pay you guys back? And they're like, seven. Okay. So this dude's getting 10 in his pocket from the personal injury. And he's, and he's trying to fight us on it and say, no, 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 that's not fair. I want more. Motherfucker, you have been getting 28000 for your lost wages. All your medical bills are paid. And this is an extra 10 grand. Are you really kidding me right now? You must think. You deserve the whole thing. Well what if I died? What if I had died? Uh, workers compensation would have only given your family 10000 for the funeral. They're not going to pay for your lost wages. If you're dead. Two. Um, I would trade spots with you. All my bills paid, getting paid lost wages. Just because we give them $7,000 does not mean workers' compensation stops paying your bills. If you still need treatment, they will pay you. If you still don't work, they will pay you lost wages. So you will have lost wages up until you're fine. And now you're having an extra ten k from the personal injury. See, this is what drives me nuts with these people. You decide, and I know what you're thinking. <sighs> it's just baffling baffling this is why you don't do and i hate these cases where you have you you were on the job and oh you want to do a workers comp case but you also want to do a personal injury case no this is exactly how you get fired this is exactly how you basically get nothing from the pi portion what you understand is that you can't get $100,000 for workers' comp and $100,000 from the personal injury. They tie together. Everybody wants their money back. If workers' compensation paid $54,000, you best be happy that they're only asking for seven. And again, they're still going to be paying your lost wages. So shut the fuck up. Another scenario. Sonia and, I don't know, let's call the other one, Mark. Same situation. They don't protect themselves. They have the same limits, 2550 on their vehicle. And the at-fault also has 2550 Well, guess what? You're not going to get more than 25000 a person. Why did you think that you both deserved... $1,000 in a pre-settlement loan is beyond me. But then, when your bills are already over 100000 somehow, some way, 
nobody at my job realized, hey, all you have to do is get the one set of bills, ask them to send us the check, problem solved. And then these yahoos, because now you've waited a year. Yeah, this case was is over a year old. Now, of course, they're not working. They're not, you know, they're still treating. Yada, yada, yada. Nobody reviewed any of this. So I'm looking at these records that supposedly we ordered. Yeah, no. None of the other treatment is related. Let's get these checks in. Oh, but now these yahoos applied for a second loan. Sonia and Mark, let's get a second loan. No. Well, we need money, blah, 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 blah. If you get us and allow us to get the check for 25000 guess what? You get more money. Well, we want more. No. Get higher limits next time. And I know what you're thinking. Oh, uh, Mexi, why? Uh, wait, let's go back to the other case where, you know, Dan... How come Dan wasn't covered through his truck? Oh, I don't... Oh. And this is why you do workers' compensation or personal injury. Employers only need to hold liability insurance. They're not forced in the state of Ohio to carry uninsured motorists. Most places sign up for works, work, workers' compensation or give you uninsured motorists, underinsured motorists, depending on what it is. You know, what, what kind of company it is. Now, of course, depending on certain states, as I've mentioned before, there's no fault states, you can have pit coverage. Protection. And get, I think it's, it, PIP, PIP technically is like medical payments. PIP stands for uh, protection against an injured person or something like that. Or protection for an injured party. So and something along those lines. Anyways, yes, companies could have PIP coverage up to a million dollars if they choose to. Now, in our friend Dan's scenario, we verified that. Because, yeah, he yelled at us saying that why did the hit strike not have coverage? Um, one, it has no uninsured motorist so, or underinsured motorist, so you're fucked. Two, your boss never put you as a... Dr- registered driver of the truck you were in for you to even be covered because if he did you you your pip would cover all your payments now here's my point why would you want pip to pay your bills if they've already been paid by workers compensation that's beyond me because that seems kind of redundant it's it, it's a apparently in in dan's case it was a florida policy florida law states you pay the providers directly. So that would have not even been his money to begin with. And this is why these people are morons. You expect me to feel sorry for you because your dumbass decided to get in a vehicle for an employer without knowing that you're registered to be driving the vehicle or covered? No. I'm not driving someone else's vehicle Unless I know, A, I have permission to drive the vehicle. B, I'm covered with my insurance or theirs. So Dan just needs to shut the fuck up and take the extra 10. These other two yahoos, Mark and Sonia, oh yeah, let's just get a bunch of loans. I have to take, talk them into, don't get more loans because guess what? The interest is high. We have to pay them back. If we don't get this in by June, guess what? 
Um, yeah, we don't get this in by June. We have to pay more interest. Oh, that's the worst part. On the market, Sonia cases. So, my coworker, the other negotiator, because as you all remember, um, let's call her Barbara. Barbara left. Our negotiator, Barbara left. So now we only have Ken available. Ken sends me a message. Actually, no. He sends an email to me, my attorney, and the office manager. This is unacceptable, is the title of the email. And he goes in there and copies a note from two weeks ago. A note in which I literally tagged my office manager because I was given a file. Happened to be Mark's file, Mark and Sonia. And I was baffled as to why our friend Mitchell, co-worker Mitchell, who decided to just peace out with the Florida, never come back, had all these files just sitting there collecting dust. Good old Mitchell had this file, had Mark and Sonia's file there. Well, actually, Mark's, because we took a while to find Sonia's file. Why? Because Mitchell decided, oh, I'm running out of office space, so let me put the file over where a former co-worker used to sit in his drawer and not tell anyone that it's there. Yeah. How did I find that out? Because I found it. Yeah, I searched for it. Anyways, my note said to the... Now, mind you, this is an inter-office memo on our system to the office manager. This is just plain ridiculous. No one reads notes. My attorney literally has a note that says, send the 82000 bill to get the limits check. The out fault has $2,550. Our clients have $2,550. So we can't use un- underinsured motorists. There's a check already in the file expired for $1,000 for medical payments. Ken kicks this back to poor old Mitchell to create a special sheet and a demand package which makes Mitchell order $158 worth of unnecessary records. It is just adding cost to the case. We have a Medicaid interim in the file. All we had to do was request the Medicaid final, get the check reissued, waive medical payment subrogation, and get the $25,000 in-house. There was no reason for this to be collecting dust. Now, mind you, in that memo, as you all just heard, nowhere in there did I insult Ken. I just pointed out what Ken should have done and why there was a file on someone else's desk when that information could have been done directly and handled by Ken. So then he goes on to, after you know, copy-pasting the note, Goes on to say, yes, I told him this. I did not tell him to order records. I'm sorry. If we don't have a special sheet and we only have 82,000 in bills, how is he going to create a special sheet with no records and bills? I'm looking at the notes at you three, the office manager, Ken, and Mitchell, are going back and forth because he didn't want to do it because he knew it was unnecessary. Yet, you both forced him to do it. 
Now, mind you, the office manager gave me the file. I was asked to finish it up. That's how I got on the case. And that's how I sent that memo to let her know this is why clients get pissed. Because files will be passed back and forth. All you have to do is just get the check here. I know what you're thinking. Well, how are you going to know what his treatment is? Well, guess what? You literally have to wait for him to be done treating. And you have to get his health insurance lien once it's finalized to know how much you have to pay back. You have to make sure all the bills are ran through. You don't need a special sheet. You just need to know how much you owe back. Because again, as attorneys, unless it's through the state of Ohio or through the federal government, we don't owe shit back, especially if there's not enough money to go around. But then, of course, Ken, as a moron, this is where he does his downfall. He puts in there that he made one phone call to one of the bills and that it was still outstanding. And that is where I stopped reading his email and just flat out said, you know what? Because the office manager was there reading this nonsense with me. And I literally said, you know what? I'm just going to go ahead and grab the bill that he's referring to that shows that insurance made payments and attach it to the email. And I responded with, is this the bill you're referring to? Now, before we spend six other emails going back and forth, let me answer your next six emails. Yes, Tondra, our office manager, gave me the file because he was collecting dust on Mitchell's desk. Yes, payments are made on the bill C attached. Yes, there is a balance left over. Yes, Cassandra, our former case manager should have ran all of this through the Department of Medicaid. It was not done so. It's already been over a year. All we're responsible for is the final lien. Yes, as pointed out, the clients cannot be made whole because they have two loans and outstanding bills. Yes, the Medicaid interim is missing charges. It's been over a year. All we can do is request the final and pay it back. A note from two weeks ago that I sent to Tondra because I had to report back what was wrong with the fucking file is the least of your concerns. I don't go through files unless I'm given to given the file by upper management after other people kick it back. Should you have any other questions about my settlements, please let me know. Thank you. Now, of course, anybody who knows me knows that when I send that out there, that means, uh, yeah, you, you shouldn't even bother responding at that point. Oh, no. Good old Ken went and responded. I didn't even read it. Followed away. But that's the kind of nonsense I'm dealing with. The very next day, after Ken blew off his steam via email, he sends me another email about another case he's got. Francisco Gutierrez who wants 300000 And Francisco says that I told him that we can only go after as high as the limits. And I had to explain to Ken what that means. I'm like, Ken, if you go back and read the note from January 20th, we had this exact same discussion. You asked me, because the adjuster apparently from Allstate, said we're missing some of the bills. 
I said, well, they never told you or me which bills are missing, so I'm not Houdini. I can't read Allstate's mind. Two, I explained to him we can only go after what the limits are on the policy. At the time I sign them up, we don't know what that is. Nobody carries more than 305,000 or 300,500. I've never seen 500,500. So, me saying that is obviously not true. Oh, thank you for clarifying. Yeah, uh, the old state adjuster was missing the 50K bill. I'm like, well, that's kind of... How is she missing that bill if it's the first bill on the bills page, but she has the other bills? Oh, yeah, that's what I said. <laughs> yeah, she's a fucking liar. Again, so for two months, three months, January 20th, February 20th, March 20th, almost April 20th, almost three months, you had that file sitting on your desk, collecting dust, and decided to email me about a, the same conversation we had three months ago, because the client wants 300000 in his pocket, not overall, mind you. This is the kind of nonsense I have to deal with from both ends. My other coworker, Melissa got mad at me because I've been in the office 14 hour days, seven days a week, five, seven days a week. And I, you know, sometimes get off at eight and I try calling her to get, you know, questions answered because I'm fixing her shit. Oh, but let's not answer the phone. Okay. No big deal. Whatever. It's eight o'clock at night. Okay. Whatever. Then you proceed to not acknowledge my missed call until the next morning where you send me a text asking me if on a premise liability, that's a premise liability, it means um, slip and fall, something happened inside the actual, um, the actual building, you know, if there was a police report to which I responded with, oh, I like how when you need something, then you acknowledge that I exist. But when I need something, you don't say anything. And she went off. And I said, it's funny how you guys complain about the office manager not responding to messages or issues during office hours, but when I have to work more hours because you guys refuse to come into the office, unless it's a Saturday when no one else is in the office. Oh, wait, no one is in the office during the week except me and my attorney. So why don't you come into the office two, three times a week to pick up your mail? Oh, no. Yeah, you want to collect eight hours of overtime from home, even though I don't understand what you're doing. I looked at the stat sheet today. Melissa has two demands for the month. I have four. Last month, she had 19. I had 45. While settling 20 cases. So what exactly are you doing from home? Because also, I'm not paying invoices for you. So I don't know what records you're ordering. But yeah, let me, let me check if there's a police report on a premise liability. Oh, I'm sorry. Aren't you remoted in from home? Aren't you on the system? Can't you see it's there? If it's not there, guess what? There is no fucking police report. It's a premise liability. Oh, she goes off on me. 
for, for basically telling her what I hate all the time. I don't bitch at you for something I myself do. Don't bitch about the office manager not responding to your messages when you guys don't answer the fucking call. Yeah, okay, hers is during eight to five hours. Mine is at eight o'clock at night. Some of us are making sure everything else is being done in the office. I'm processing the mail. I'm paying invoices. I'm, I don't know, settling cases that aren't even mine. I'm doing Janice's job, Barbara's job, Mitchell's job, the old guy, Jose's job, Tondra's job as office manager. Yeah, it's a lot of shit I'm doing while doing my own job and Ken's job. So yeah, you have no right to be mad at me. It's like, well, you're inconsiderate. You're not. You're asking for inhumane decisions, inhumane requests. No, I just simply answer or ask that at 8 o'clock at night, if you don't want to answer the phone, you shoot me a text saying, hey, I'll call you back tomorrow. Okay, that's all I ask for. Because here's the funny thing. They've actually been wanting me to manage the office and I have a personal assistant and Melissa has actually come to me and said, I would be an excellent assistant to you. And I'm like, no. The only person in my life right now that's close, close to being my personal assistant is my wife. And even she, I don't trust with certain things. Everybody in my life, I rank my friends in order of who I trust more than the other. But I still don't trust anybody other than myself 100%. If I ever had an assistant, that assistant will have to earn my trust at 100% for them to even be remotely capable of assisting yours truly. And if they can't do that, then I don't need an assistant. I'll just do it myself. I don't kick back files. Yesterday, Melissa gave me a file and I'm supposed to negotiate on it. Oh, we have the wrong hospital information. How did you not know that this guy, you sent a demand with a sinus infection, had nothing to do with the car accident, gave this to Barbara. Barbara's like, oh, left note to Melissa. Oh, it's okay. <laughs> Just give me the bills and the records when you get there. And I'm like, uh, these don't even match. So did I kick it back? So for them to waste a month ordering shit? No, I just ordered it myself because I'm cross-trained. I know how to do it. I know how to yell at the clients who are being idiots and I know how to get shit done. This is why I am an essential employee and my quarantine has been me going to work. With long hair. Well, not short, but anyways. My point being, stop with the nonsense, people. Customers clients, co-workers. Enough is enough. The office manager doesn't do shit, but even she comes to the office three times a week to do shit. I would not be working for... If I had to choose between working from home or coming to the office, I would come to the office because I don't trust any other Yahoo to process my mail. Who would be processing the mail? No one. So somebody's got to do it. Thank you. On that note... This week's rant about the quarantine is over. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. If you have any questions, concerns, comments, hit us up, rate, review, subscribe to the podcast. All the episodes of Mexican My Matters are on iTunes and SoundCloud. 
Hit us up on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Snapchat, YouTube. You know the deal. And as always, remember, people, where there's a Mexican, there's a way.